Thank you for tuning in to Prodigal's Orthodox, a podcast sponsored by Prodigal Son Eastern Catholic Church, an inclusive and independent Eastern Catholic parish under the Omophorion of Ioannis Gregorios, the Metropolitan of the Eastern Rite Connection of the Convergent Christian Communion. Please join together with me as we start this podcast in a time of prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Most Holy Theotokos, save us. Most Holy Theotokos, save us. Most Holy Theotokos, save us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be forever, and into the ages of ages. Amen. church, 
whether that be a car that dodges a child. I'm simplifying a lot, but I believe that that's physical ways we can witness the energia, and through witnessing the miracles of God, come to know God, and come to be a part of, through theosis, and understanding, a part of that energia. That's what we're seeking union with when we go through theosis. We're seeking union with the part, the things we do know. So it goes kind of, you're like, what is all this? Why does this have anything to do with the gospel? I had so many ways to explain it. But I came down with one. Quite often, quite often we make the main characters of this story Jesus and the paralytic. But the paralytic, when you really break it down and think about it, had nothing to do with his miracle at all. In fact, we, from the way it's sometimes depicted in art and in movies and things like that, he's almost not even conscious, like asleep or, or semi-conscious. And I think that was done by the gospel writer with intention to tell us this paralytic experiencing this miracle is through no fault or action of his own. So the two main characters then, who are they? If they're not Jesus and the paralytic, who are the lesson teachers of this story? Well, through some reflection and inner arguments with myself, to me I realized, wow, why aren't we talking about the friends of the paralytic and the scribes? So I like to dissect words a lot. And I even went back to make sure that this was not a bad English translation and went back and looked at the Greek. And it's it, it, same meaning from what I can gather from my basic knowledge of Greek. It says, and some of the scribes. It doesn't say all of them. And generally, gospel writers are very intentional with how they phrase things. Now, we're not saying Gnosticism-type knowledge. They're not trying to be very uh, careful to hide things but they do expect you to critically analyze the words they chose to use. So for me to understand some of the scribes means that there were lots of scribes there, but only some of the scribes were thinking in their heads, is this a blasphemer? How can he heal all these things? So let's think of the scribes group. That's character one, but they're mixed. Some of the scribes are like, Oh my gosh, this could be the son of man. And the other scribes, who we, we guess might be probably Sadducees. Pharisees tended to be more accepting of Jesus. Sadducees tended to be more not accepting. But let's say we don't know that. Just remember, the scribes are a mixed group. Then we have the friends up there, who they're above everyone else. And in fact, a part of the roof is torn away. Heaven? Earth? I mean, the way it was described, that a patch was taken out, and that the paralytic was lowered down from above, it, it, to me, implies some deeper meaning to not only physically what's happening, but to the symbology caused by the event itself. But we have the friends up there, and. And in today's reading, we hear the holy angels being servants of God. That's their job. Are these friends, the paralytics guardian angels? 
Because like angels follow God's plan blindly because that's what they're created to do. These people, these friends, lowered him down without talking to Jesus, without talking to any of the apostles, I mean disciples. So they're doing this on blind faith. They, they know in their hearts, their hearts have told them if we do this, the unknowable God, the usia, will cause energia and heal our friend. He will go through essentially theosis. He will be made whole. Now I'm going to throw in one more little curveball to the story because you know how I like referencing back to cultural importance. Jewish people of this time, at least most of the Sadducees and some Pharisees, believed that one could not enter the kingdom of God if they were not whole and if they were not pure. So unclean people, whether they were unclean due to disease or whether they were unclean due to mental issue or physical issue, most Jewish people of that time doubted that those people could be a part of the kingdom of heaven. So then what does that say is happening here? Two miracles. <clears throat> now, to our friends upstairs, the guardian angels of the paralytic. The fact that, that, that he's been forgiven is enough for them. But they know what's coming. They expect and they know what's coming, but it's nice that Jesus acknowledged the Jewish cultural heritage of one, you have to be forgiven first, but two, the greater miracle as we would see it is that he was healed. Are they really even fighting miracles? Is one really greater than the other? Or is it just what we can sense versus what we can see? So I would say that the, those scribes, even the ones who believed that he might be the son of man, were the doubting Thomases of the room. They were like, well, he could be the son of man. He's acting like the son of man. He said something that only God himself can say, but we can't physically see he has been forgiven. Forgiveness is a part of the usia, because we can't see it. We have to have faith that it's happened. It's a part of that unknowable God that humanity gets nervous about. Because we as humans and people of patterns want to always explain everything. Forgiveness is an unexplainable miracle of God. So let's step away from the friends. He's lowered down and Jesus says, you're forgiven of your sins. Now, relating back to Jewish culture, this alone might have been what cured the physical ailment because in Jewish tradition, part of sin being passed down is that it expresses itself through sickness, through physicality, unto the generation of generations until you have received true forgiveness. So maybe there's not even two miracles at all, but those scribes had to be the doubting Thomas who said, I need to see it. I'm a tactile person. I need to see it and feel it and experience it. Maybe it wasn't a lack of faith. Maybe it was a, I believe, but I've heard that you've done all these other miracles for other people. And I want to be a part of that witness. I want to be a part of being able to say, and I was there when Jesus made a lame man walk. Now, either way, we can leave all that up to speculation, but... Jesus hears the scribes who think he's the blasphemer and tells them, why is this even an issue for you? 
Now to prove to you that I have truly forgiven his sins and that he can enter heaven, the kingdom of God, I'm going to command him to do something he could have already done. Get up. Walk. Now, Nicodemus was a Pharisee. We don't know much about Nicodemus, but we do know that he realized that Jesus was who he was. Was Nicodemus one of the Pharisees or scribes who was there? Or did Nicodemus have blind faith? What type of scribe are you? Are you someone who is okay with understanding Usia is unknowable? Or are you someone who knows that Usia is unknowable, but needs the tactile experience to truly feel a part? It's not that you don't believe, but you need the tactile experience to truly feel a part. That is why we as Orthodox people do what we do. We are a, worship, a group of worshipers who don't need physicality as a part of our worship, but it helps complete, or at least sort of fill that space of the usia. Like I talked about last week, we can't see what's on the other side of the icon, but the icon is a physical thing that helps us connect. Here in a few weeks, in most Orthodox churches, and we will try if we can, you physically see the unnailing of Jesus. You physically experience his body being wrapped in the linen and going into the tomb. And then that icon of Christ is lifted up. And we physically go through under his icon to represent us dying with him. Usia Energia. We may not ever know Usia. We're not created to know Usia. But through the physicality of our worship, through the stories of physical miracles, it's as close as we can get. But I would say the one thing that I disagree with a tiny little bit. We can't truly know Usia. It's not our job to. But we have someone who was brought onto this earth to get us as close as we can. And that was Jesus Christ. So instead of trying to focus on whether you need to have blind faith or whether you're an evidentiary person, you need to have that physical faith. That's why Jesus said, which is easier? He's asking us, which is easier? Neither. Neither of them should be easier because they should be the same. We we, we should be experiencing faith in a physical way because of the small things that Jesus does in our lives. Whether it be the things I described. We, we have to understand that we will know Usia through energia and through what Jesus did on his time on earth and how we reenact that in our daily lives. Theosis is hard, guys. It's not easy to act more like God. And if, even if we are acting more like God through what Jesus showed us, are we acting more like God for the right reasons? A few sermons back, I talked about how no good deed goes unpunished. During Lent, remember, it's not about getting closer to God through theosis just to go through the actions. 
It's to experience the energia. The true God energy that's here and present every time we step up to that table and Christ becomes present in the elements. It's the energia of God that enters us physically and spiritually. Wait, is that the union right there? When he enters us physically and spiritually through the Eucharist. It's that God who tells us, you are a part of my family and welcome home every time we receive true absolution from our Savior. So during this time, when a lot of us like to overthink things, Lent teams seems for us academic Christians to be the uber-contemplative season where we break down every little theological point and what Jesus said and meant. I mean, I kind of did for this homily. <laughs> but instead of trying to figure out the unknowable God, let's experience the parts of God that we can know through the life of Christ by walking through the path of Lent towards Calvary, and to experience as close as we can the joy of his resurrection. To know that we know what we know, and that we do not know what we do not know is the true knowledge. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you felt blessed by the message and would like to join us, come and see by joining us for worship every Sunday in the Faith Hall at Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in the Colony, Texas. You can also find out more information about us and leave us a donation if you feel so called to support our ministry, or you can join our member registry and subscribe to our newsletter by going to prodigalsonecc.org. We can also be found on Facebook by going to facebook.com forward slash prodigal son ECC and on Instagram at prodigal son ECC. Thank you and God bless.